Okay, we're recording now. <laughs> I didn't record the last bit, don't worry. I'll save it for later. <laughs> Greetings, and welcome to the Talk With History podcast. I am your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we talk about history's continuing impact on us and our personal journey through YouTube as we continue to explore, record, and share our history walks with you. Now, Jen, before we get into our main topic, I want to briefly ask for a review from our listeners. Apple Podcast Reviews can get you, if you leave us one, on a future episode with a five-star shout-out. And if you don't have an Apple device, you can ask us questions over at Twitter at Talk With History on Twitter, or you can reach out to us through our website. Also, don't forget to check out our other podcast, The History Buzz, where we interview folks while chatting about history over a couple of drinks and let the conversation wander where it may. Most of the world, if not all of it, has been affected by the woman we are going to talk about today. She's from a small town in Virginia, and before she passed away, she had no idea what kind of impact she would have on modern-day medicine. But it is because of an African-American woman born into poverty and working a farm with family, a woman by the name of Henrietta Lacks, that we have to thank for so many medical miracles. So Jen, why don't you tell us about who we're talking about today? Well, you mentioned her name, Henrietta Lacks. Yeah. And this was an amazing story to do for many reasons, but I stumbled upon this story when HBO did a movie about a book called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. And the book came out in 2010, and the movie was made with Oprah Winfrey playing Henrietta Lacks's daughter. That's right. And... It went through the whole story of the family pretty much discovering that their mother's cell line was responsible for so much medical research impact. Right. And what that meant for them and just kind of like past traumas that they had had in their life, plus the trauma of the ethics of the whole situation. Yeah. Not her mother... Their mother never knew. They never really even knew. So why don't you, for, for the listener who's never heard of Henrietta Lacks, and why don't you talk about kind of what what that story was? Because sure. really, first off, to set the stage, you tell me about Henrietta, Henrietta Lacks, right? Because we do talk about a little bit of the production side of things. And I'm like, who the heck is this? And yes. you're like, oh, don't worry. It's like she's buried in her hometown is like in the middle of Virginia, three hours away. I was like, sure, let's do this. Let's drive three hours away. So that's kind of like, that's kind of where I was going with that is watching that movie. And then after we, I think I watched that movie while we were in Pennsylvania. Okay. And then we moved here and I remembered she was from Virginia and I wanted to find out more about her. And I looked her up and she's from Clover, Virginia. Yeah. Before she moves to Baltimore, Maryland. That's she grew up in Clover, Virginia. She wasn't born there. She was born in Roanoke. Oh, okay. And they actually just demolished the house where she was she, born. Where she was brought. She was brought home to. Okay. And she might have been born in the house, but I think she was brought home to that house. And they actually people tried to save it. It was very old and yeah. dilapidated. But they tried to to save it, and they couldn't save it. But living here in Virginia now, looking up Clover, Virginia, and I had said to you, let's go there and make a video about her and her life and her impact. And yeah, we drove out three so, hours to 
Clover. <laughs> so what was what's the big draw? Like what is her why don't you tell the listeners what her legacy is? Because it's when I learned about it, I was like, oh my gosh. So what's very interesting about Henry Lacks, when you say what is the big draw, it's most people don't know the big draw. I had I had zero clue. She has a historic marker, but no one knew where her grave was. And we'll talk about that yeah. some more. She should be more well known than she is. And that's why that's what her family wants to know. Yes. You know, like her her family wants people to know more about her. So let me give you kind of a background in the story of Henrietta Lacks. Lacks Town is an ancestral farm tobacco area in uh, for the Lacks family. And Henrietta Lacks was born Loretta Pleasant. August 1st, 1920, like I said, in Roanoke, Virginia. And she was born to Eliza Pleasant and John Pleasant. Her name changed sometime in her younger years to Henrietta. And she got the nickname Henny. In 1924, when she was four, her mother dies giving birth to her 10th child. And her father is unable to care for all the children alone. So he moves the family back to Clover, Virginia, where they're from. They're both from there. Okay. So that's where they have extended family. Right. And he moves back there to because they have he has to dis, he has to distribute his children. Yeah, amongst his family. Amongst his family to take care of them because he sure. can't do that. Yeah. What, what the ratio of one to ten for kids? That's I don't know if that's possible. Sure. And he has to work. I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah. So, so he has that. to go where there's family. Right. And Henrietta ended up with her mother's grandfather Thomas. Um, Thomas Henry Lacks. And it's a two-story log cabin that was once a slave quarters on a plantation that had been owned by Henrietta's white great-grandfather. So you can unpack that. And his last name was Lacks. Yeah. So as you can... Yeah, you don't really connect the dots for the viewers on the yeah. video. You don't tell them like, oh, this is what happened. You just say like, well, his last name was Lacks and he was her great-grandfather yes um he was her great-grandfather so as most enslaved when they are freed sometimes took their master's last name oh okay in this instance i would say they the last name was more relational sure than just it was it was a little bit more of both right yes yeah and that also is not rare with enslaved situations sometimes. So Henrietta Lacks is an example of that. And so she grows up on this tobacco farm. Now, if you watch the video, we stand in the tobacco farm area. What we believe is might've been theirs, but it was, it was definitely tobacco farm. We don't, we weren't sure if it was theirs, but it was, that was, an old farm. I'm I mean, pretty the, the, sure it took us out there. The mark, the, the, some yeah, some random GPS. Yes. I mean, we were literally driving in my Forerunner. Yeah. Like there was barely a road. Yes. it was kind of more of dirt tracks. <laughs> and we stand out there, and I I talk about Henrietta Lacks there. So, tobacco farming is basically what is the big industry. Yeah, for it's Virginia. Way. Yeah, for for that area, and so sure. that's what she does. Yep. And kind of in the, that sharecropper kind of idea, right? where her family is now working the land. So she drops out of school in the sixth grade. And of course, as you can imagine, it's probably segregated, Yep. right? So she has to probably walk farther away to school and the family needs help at the farm and money. So she drops out and helps support her family. 
they say she had hazel eyes, a small waist, size six shoe. She's always wearing red nail polish and a pleated skirt. And the few pictures that survive of her, she definitely looks like she cares about how she presents herself. Yeah, I mean the the picture that I found when I look her up, there's there's they the portrait. I think yes. that it looks like it was painted. I'm not sure if so it was. So that was painted for the National Gallery, right? And that's in the Smithsonian. The um... yes, and the and the Smithsonian for African American history, right? Now they take they paint that portrait off a photograph of her. Yeah, and the photo the couple of photographs that do survive of her, she is very well pre- presented. Yeah. Like you can tell, she really cares about how she looks, and that's great. You know, good for her. Like yeah. she just looks good. You know, red nail polish, pleated skirt. Like yeah, she's she, taking, she keeps herself well put yeah, together. She and, cares about yeah. her how she presents herself. In 1935, when she's 14, she gives birth to her first child, a son. So at that house where she lives with her great-grandfather, she also lives, I think, with like her second cousin, who will become her husband. So he's also there as well. I didn't realize they were like distantly related. Yes. Okay. And then in 1939, she gives birth to a daughter. uh, Her name is, is Elsie. So she has two children before she marries him, David Lax. In 1941. So she has one child of 14, one child of 18, gets married at 20 in Halifax County, which is where Clover is. So in that county, they get married. And it's later that year in 1941 that they all move to Baltimore, Maryland. And they move there for opportunity. They move there to escape the racism. This is the beginning of the war. Oh, that's right. right. This is right before yeah. World War One starts. So yeah. I think they're just trying to get away from the lack of opportunity. Sure. And then, there's more opportunity yes. up north. So they moved to Baltimore. I think they have family who had also moved there and said, come come here. Yeah. And there's more opportunity here. So that's where they go to Baltimore, Maryland. And she has three more children while they, while they live there. But it's there. Her last child is born in November of 1950. And then in January, she goes to John Hopkins Hospital because that's one of the few places where African-Americans can go to be treated. It's still segregated. It is a segregated hospital, segregated waiting rooms. But she has her words, a knot in her womb. She thought it was her pregnancy, right? right? She gives birth in November. But then in January, the knot has not gone away. So she goes to John Hopkins University. And a doctor, Dr. Howard Johns, takes a biopsy and... He takes a biopsy of a, off of a mass in her cervix. And the samples were given then to a doctor guy. And he's a researcher for John Hopkins. Yeah. Now, at the time, this is a normal thing to do. Sure. You, They're trying to figure out what's yes. going on. So this would happen to a white person or a black person. Yep. They would take a sample from good healthy cell tissue and cancer cell tissue, I mean, compare the they, two. They do that nowadays. Yes. So this is not... You don't need to give consent to have those samples taken and tested. Sure. So yeah, like, I mean, yeah. you've you've basically when you come in and you say like I'm signing all the forms mm-hmm. to say like yeah I'm not going to sue you if you yes. help me out and you're doing all the stuff like yes. that's what you're signing. So it's Dr. Guy who's the researcher John Hopkins who takes these cells and he's the one who and we'll get into what happens. He discovers this cell line and he calls it the HeLa. Cell line. And no, no, what's unique about her cell line? Well, we'll talk more about that, but let me talk more about her life. A okay, bit. sure. So, Hila is the first two initials of her first name and the first two initials of her last name. Yeah, that, and was, that's that, how, was, that was a cool. That's connection. how they, and, and that was just a 
typical way of labeling cell lines. Yeah. It wasn't unique to her. This is how they would do everybody's cell line. Yeah. Easy, uh, easy way to classify them. Uh, she goes back to the hospital for severe abdominal pain in August of 1951. She stays there and she dies in October, October 4th, 1951. And she's buried in Clover in an yeah. unmarked grave yeah. until 2010. And she dies at 31 years old. Yeah. So what happens is Dr. Guy... After taking these cells, he notices that they not only produce at a high rate, but they are they stay alive. They don't they don't die. So you can keep them alive long enough to examine them, to yeah. do tests on them. Which which wasn't normal. It's never never been seen before. Right. Most cell lines die quickly. They can't survive outside the body. They don't multiply like that. Now, was it, th these were like the cells that were already affected by the cancer? So they're not sure quite what happened. What happens is, I think they, what I believe when I was reading is they took a cell from the cancer. So okay. a mutated malignant cell. Sure. And he made the cell line from one of those cells. So it actually is oh, like a a cell line that has been adapted from her cell line. Sure, sure. So it isn't quite technically a, a, a healthy HeLa right, right, right. cell. Right. It is a cancerous, and then it's a line that's been made from that. Right. And they're the first cells that could be divided multiple times without dying. And that's why they're called immortal. So that's why it's the immortal Henrietta Lacks. And it's not even so much that it's like, right, cells, right, there's, I'm not, I'm not, I've never claimed to be good at science, right? But so you can split a cell, I'm, I'm assuming, tons of times. But it's basically, it just won't die. It like, won't die. Like this, li this, to this day, right, as we are recording, it's 2022, her cell line is alive. It's alive. It's the one that's been used. It's for biomedical research. It's the most contemporarily used cell line. Yeah. It's just when I heard that one, you kind of think like, does this woman have like superpowers? Like, yes. It's crazy. So that's kind of what we talk about in the video is we, I equate her to Wonder Woman. Yeah. I equate her to the closest thing you will ever know to a superhero. Sure. Because, you know, those superheroes their cells regenerate quickly they don't yeah. they don't die She's because like wolverine yeah they can heal fast yeah right now it's not quite the same thing but it's the closest thing you'll get to it is because her cell line that one specific cell it repeatedly divides and divides and divides and they can make samples of it and send them off in all the little vials and these have led to huge breakthroughs like the gila cell line developed the polio vaccine yeah the gila cell line developed um the AIDS, it did the AIDS research, cancer research. It's, it's the first cell that was cloned in 1955. And there's 11,000 patents that the HeLa cell line has developed. And, and if I remember right, when I was making the video and doing, you know, my little bit of post, right, what all the research that you do, right, I'm looking up stuff. I mean, it actually... The, the cell kind of got out into the the greater, I say, medical community around the world pretty quickly. Oh, yes. Everyone uses it. Yeah. I mean, and not it's just world, U.S., mm -hmm. it's worldwide. Worldwide. And yeah. you, so there are companies that you can buy cells from to do research. Yeah. And they mass produce the HeLa cell line. So it's basically a commercialized cell line. Yeah. It's, and so that's where you get into the ethics. Right. 
of this because so much money has been generated from her sale line. Right. Right. Uh, not even millions, billions of dollars. Yeah. Easy. And so then you have her family. She dies at 31. Right. And she has how many children by that point? She has Is it six, three, which has five, five, five okay. children by that point. Yep. And they get just, you know, then they get distributed to family right because she dies young. in and a similar fashion in that similar her fashion. and her siblings and yeah. they suffer trauma people who didn't want to raise them or weren't right. very good caregivers yeah and, and they grow up in relative poverty some of her children can't even afford medical insurance yeah and here her cell line is developing these huge breakthroughs in medical research yeah generating billions of dollars yeah and her family can't get their own medical coverage. Right. So what happens is people still want to know more about the cell line. Who are these people? Who are, who's this family that, that this cell line came from? So they would get phone calls through the years. Oh. Uh, how often were you sick? What happened it's in your like family? Researchers trying to do yes. kind of post whatever follow and up. Yeah. They didn't quite understand what they were being asked and told, especially yeah. her her husband, when they said, "Well, we have her cell line here." He thought, "Is she still alive? Like, what what are you saying? I I she died." Like, they didn't quite understand. Yeah. And so, not only are they using their mother's and wife's cell line, but they start to really dig into their medical history. Sure. And so that kind of ethical questions of their medical history being so. relatively public i mean even though it's like medical you know hipaa and all that stuff when there's that many medical laboratories it's hard to say that that's private yes and so that's where more ethics comes into play plus she's african-american so you fall into these other ethical questions the tuskegee experiment where they gave all these men african-american men syphilis unbeknownst to them to see what it would do to them and that happened in the 1950s Right. You have all these African-American women who were enslaved, who were tested on by doctors who became the fathers of gynecology. And these women gave no consent. And they found out all about women's reproductive health by testing these enslaved women. And these men then get revered as breakthroughs in medical science so yeah there's a lot of questionable ethics ethics. so that's where Gila Henrietta Lacks falls into that realm yeah so you start to question well are we are we overlooking her rights because she's African-American are we overlooking her rights because she's a woman are we looking at where she comes from so those are the kind of questions so her family when this was all brought to light when they could understand what was happening that's when they kind of pushed back right. and asked for more say in what happens to herself, sure. ask for more, just a, a seat at the table. Yeah, I mean, she didn't have, I, you mentioned it in the video. I mean, her grave didn't even have a headstone till like a few years ago. Yeah, 2010. And it was Dr. Gay and his group from um, John Hopkins that sponsored that I didn't realize that. They are the ones who paid for it. That's actually kind of cool. It is. I mean, they will never, they never admitted any wrongdoing and they never apologized, but they would do stuff like that. Sure. Right. So, very aware of what they're doing and saying without saying it. Yeah. I didn't realize that they were the ones who who helped do that. Yeah. And then I think 
they've also funded like some other family headstones. I don't know if it's them, but like no, the, so the family has. Yes. So for, for Elise, for, for, for Elsie, um, who had a hard life because she was born with a mental handicap and yeah. then she was institutionalized. Yeah. The family, when they knew that Henrietta Lex was getting a tombstone, the family raised money to make sure that she had one as well. Yeah. So that's where that other, when you see the two tombstones, they look relatively newer. Yeah. And that's why. That's if you can find. If you can find. So that's, that was part of our journey. Yeah, absolutely. So we- putting the story together, Again, she should be more revered and more yeah. celebrated. And yeah. when you go to Clover, there is a marker to her. Yep. But that is it. And we wanted to find her grave. And we really wanted to pay respects to her grave. But her grave is unmarked. Well, her grave is marked, but it's in an unmarked graveyard. Right. Well, so, so let me let me kind of paint the, the larger picture here. So here we are driving from Norfolk out to Clover. It's about three hours. <laughs> it's three hours, yes. Kids are troopers, mm-hmm. right? The, the marker is pretty easy to find. That's the first thing I yes, think that we it's found. Right on it's highway. right off the kind of little main highway freeway there. So we we find that, you know, and then we kind of like, you had done your kind of research ahead of time and be like, okay, I think this is where either her husband's grave might be. So um, we went to find a grave. We went to find a grave. And find a grave gives you, usually gives you like a GPS coordinate. Yeah. And it gave us a GPS coordinate for her for the marker. Oh, okay. On the side of the road. Yeah. And then I, usually what I do when I do, grave research, these are the kind of helpful hints that I give, is look up a spouse or a child that's buried close by, and sometimes it'll give you that marker. Yeah. And you can find them that way. So we did her husband. That's why we went over there. And okay. for David uh, Lax, it gave us that that GPS coordinate right in that tobacco farm yeah. area and, and by so, the and barn. So, and so to anybody listening, I would not recommend trying to drive out to... You need a four-wheel drive vehicle. You, you need a four-wheel drive vehicle. We were driving like off... I think there's a sign that's like, you're no longer driving on like state-funded roads, right? It's all, all of a sudden it was dirt and gravel yes. and, you know, just kind of... We're out there in the boonies. So that's why I thought the grave... Uh, the the graveyard was, and that's where I thought it, it kind of would have kind of would have made sense. Sure. So we looked around, couldn't find it, and I knew she had a tombstone. I knew she had a memorial yeah, marker. We weren't seeing anything. We weren't like seeing that. anything like that. So we drove back out, and as we're driving out, we see a car on the side of the road. And I'm I told Scott I'm just going to ask this person because we're in a small town. Yeah, and, I grew up in a small town. I know small town and, and people. And thank God you did because I am not that person. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm a guy and I don't want to ask directions. But I was like, ah, oh, we can't find this. We're driving back out. It's just like one little road. Yes, right? it's, it's La- a, was it Lax Road? It Lax, yeah, Lax Road. Um, Lax Family Road. Laxtown Road. Laxtown, Laxtown Road. So we're, we drove in Laxtown Road all the way till the dirt yes. off the off the incorporated part of it. You know, back in the boonies back there. I mean, Clover, Virginia is is pretty remote. There might be a town of like maybe a couple hundred people. Yeah. I don't even know if the town's incorporated or if it's an actual town. I'm not sure. But we're driving back out. We're like we're kind of getting frustrated. We're hoping we can find it. We're looking around. We see this truck just kind of looks like someone's waiting to, for someone to come out of their house. So we, Jen's Ladies like, windows yeah. Open? yeah, she's like, she's like, Scott pulled up next to this person. I'm going to ask. I was like, okay, fine. So you do. And I'll, then she just strikes up a conversation. Yeah. I asked that, ma'am, we're looking for Henrietta Lack's grave. Do you know where it's at? She goes, oh, Henny. Yeah. Her grave is back the way you came. Yeah. You're going to go down the hill and you're going to see a house on the right, a yellow house with the door open. It's an old house. Yeah, very country directions. Yes. It was uh, quite adorable. <laughs> She's like, and when you see that house, it's just right off, right off beside it, you'll see a little path 
which there's no path. It's just grass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, luckily we were there in winter, so it's a little bit yeah. easier to see because all the leaves were off the trees. And she's like, and you just drive up that path and don't worry. It looks like you're driving on a lawn, but you're not. Just drive up that path and you'll see it when you get up there. And I was like, okay, so down the hill? And she's like, yeah, just, just down the hill. Don't go back up the hill. And I told her, we just went over a bridge. She goes, no, don't go. That's too far. She goes, just down the hill. You'll see the yellow house with the door open. It's open because no one lives there anymore. And it's, yeah, it's an it's old... A, it's an abandoned house. It's an abandoned house. She goes, and that's where you're going to... It's You won't see a road or anything. You'll just go right beside it. You'll see some grass area. Drive on that. Yep. And drive up over that hill, and that's. And uh, I would say you don't need four wheel drive to get up there. No, I wouldn't say that. It's, it's it wasn't it wasn't that bad. But that those were good directions. Yeah, and you you wouldn't we wouldn't be able to find no, it otherwise. You wouldn't see There's it no the sign. There's, There's no nothing. nothing. You can't see it from the road. You would think it's someone's lawn or. Something. Yeah, so uh, we have GPS locations like precise GPS locations mm-hmm. for that. You know, on our website, if you want to look up the episode travel guide for for that particular episode. Yes, and I, you know, I posted some of this on Facebook. Finding the Grave, and I had some people say, well, maybe the family doesn't want you to know, don't want you to see it. But the family has explicitly said they want her story told. Yeah, that's right. They want her celebrated. They want people to know her. They want people to celebrate her and respect her. So I felt like, no, I think they want people. They're they're pretty public about it. I mean, when I Googled, you know, the Lax family and Henrietta Lax, I mean, part of the top hits was like, some recent lawsuits that they're trying mm-hmm. to that they're they're kind of working on against yes. some of these big medical companies that are <coughs> excuse me um making mm-hmm. making money off of this exactly stuff. so we we went to the grave there's there's about 20 graves yeah, there easily it's definitely a family yeah it's a family plot yeah plot um and we left a wonder woman figurine at her grave yeah and we paid our respects uh her grave looks like a book yeah almost and i think uh her family wrote the epitaph. Okay. So I think it was her granddaughters who wrote the epitaph on the front, but it's very respectful. She's buried beside her mother, and then she has uh, uh, her daughter Elsie on the other side. That's so right. it's her mother on one side and Elsie on the other side. So I think it's a very, for me, it was just a very important place to be there. It looked like a very solemn place yeah. and beautiful place. I'm happy we found it. You never would have been able to find it. No. No, we got we, we got, got we got super lucky. I think I saw one YouTube video and it was like someone looked like they were in their Jeep showing that they were driving up up to it, but I, it's only because I was specifically googling, mm-hmm. you know, Henrietta Lacks, you know, family cemetery or something and and so I was able to find it and and you could see, right? But he's not really talking. It's just kind of him showing driving up that way. Yeah. Um but really learning about her in general and then learning the legacy that she left through medicine and the history there, it's, it was quite incredible. Yeah. it. Here is a person who her life and her cells have made an immeasurable impact on all of us, on medicine. Like there's nobody really who has not been touched by what her cells have been able yeah, to produce the, in the medical world. The COVID vaccine. Yeah. I mean, so... It's the it, world. Again, this is 2022, right? So if you're listening to this in the future, it's 2022 right now, the COVID vaccine, right? They used her cells to develop that. So it, it was just learning all this and making the video was was really pretty neat because here is someone who's... I don't know if that she's really taught in, in history classes and this, that, and the other, but... The impact that she had, and she's well enough known that she there was a you know a movie made, and mm-hmm. Oprah was in it, and this, that, and the other, but it was pretty incredible. So, 
Henrietta Lacks may not have known what her legacy would be, but it's there nonetheless. Her cells for right or wrong have provided medical breakthroughs that doctors have only dreamed of before the HeLa cell was named and became widely known and used in medical research. So next time you talk to someone who's received a cancer treatment, HPV vaccine, in vitro fertilization, and yes, the COVID vaccine, think of Henrietta Lacks. Thank you for listening to the Talk With History podcast, and please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share it with them, especially if you think today's topic would interest a friend. Shoot them a text and tell them to look up the Talk With History podcast because we rely on you, our community, to grow, and we appreciate you all every day. Thank you, Henry Lacks, and thank you to her family. We'll talk to you next time.